BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at wintrust.com slash Sox. Members FDIC. Welcome to the White Sox Talk Podcast, episode 100, brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. For more information, go to their special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Chuck Arfine here, and for our 100th podcast, you're going to have a very special guest. He's a White Sox legend, a man with a great baseball mind, and a sense of humor that can literally break your funny bone. And he will many times on this podcast. In fact, we went so long, we turned it into two podcasts. So part two is going to come out on Monday morning. First thing, uh, some really good stuff in that one. Uh, which I'll get to later in the podcast. Uh, but there's also great stuff here in part one. Uh, we talk about the 2005 World Series. I asked Ozzy to tell a story that hasn't been told before about that season. And we go in depth on two topics here in this podcast. One is about his future as a manager in the big leagues. Why he hasn't gotten a job yet and if he thinks he ever will again. And then we talk about one of his former teammates, Sammy Sosa, some interesting and I'll just call it entertaining comments from Ozzy about Sosa, what he means to Chicago and why his face, let's just say it has gotten lighter over the years. That and a whole lot more. So here we go. Part one of my conversation with legendary White Sox manager Ozzy Guillen on the 100th episode of the White Sox Talk Podcast. Let's do it. A hundred, hundred. This is our hundredth podcast. That's pretty good. That's an, uh, that's amazing. Put it that way. It's not that many people make it that long without being noticed about it. I think it's good. It's yeah, good, good, well, and good we for wanted, the fans. Good for the fans also. Yeah, and we wanted you to be that special guest for a one hundredth podcast. That's because we go by age. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, yes, it went by okay, age. Yes, we were looking right, for someone good. really old, and we we got you. Cool. No, no. But so I hear there. We're here at your house in Chicago. I hear there is. A nickname that your family gives you and your family gives me. Do you know about this nickname? No. Oh, God, yes. Little Hawk and uh, I don't know, Southpaw, whatever thing. So you're Baby Hawk. Your family calls you Baby Hawk and they're calling me Southpaw. What is this about? I think I know. Well, you know what? It's funny because even notice, I, I think uh, White Sox without Hawk. You know what I mean? When you talk about White Sox, um, you have to talk about Hawk. There's no doubt about it. I think it, from now on, you're asking who your favorite socks. I guarantee you a lot of people out there are going to say Hawk. And because this is the one last longer, is the one people was more, uh, more noticed about the games day in and day out. And Hawk never got over four. And people, when you talk about white socks, I think Hawk make you believe 
how good or how bad the white show was. And I think that's the way to broadcast. I think when you last that long, it's a broadcasting, uh, and in the same city with the same team, you know, you can close your eyes and you know it's Hawk. And, and I, you know, I feel the same way, you know, I mean, I'm 54 years old and with the White Sox for so many years. And I remember say, I don't know when Mark Burley was retired, number retired or something like that. And I said, how oh, you think you're a White Sox fan? You're number two, I'm number one. But that's, that's because that's, you know, I mean, I grew up watching White Sox because, you know, Chico, Luis, and come down here, spend all my career here, it was, you know, it was something very nice. But why are you Baby Hawk, basically? The- because, I don't know, Hawk repeat a lot of stuff I don't. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, just because they, they feel the way I feel about the White Sox. Okay, so I'm Southpaw. Why am I Southpaw? Well, uh, because you're brand new on the team. You know, because they I'm have, brand new. I've been covering for 14 years. Well, well, I was here for, well, 30-something <laughs> years. I, I was here when the Ribbon Rubar was here and Andy, Andy the Clown was here. You know what I mean? That means you just got here compared with, with Hawk and, and Baby Hawk. <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard you say Ribby and Rhubarb. That's old. That's from the early 1980s. That's when you played. They I, were here. A, Those are the old mascots. That's the funny thing about how I, 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 I can't believe I still remember that. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not too many people. You know, Andy the Clown. Who remember Andy the that Clown? That was that old fan. Oh, my God. He dressed as a clown. He screams stuff. Like every time he says something, every time he goes, come on, Harold Baines. Harold Baines favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back, not that far. I want to go back to 2005. And a, a thing that, you know, that was my first year covering the White Sox. And I learned something about you that really stayed with me. You guys won the division in Detroit, and I was reporting that day. I'm in the clubhouse. I'm interviewing all the players. There's champagne everywhere. They're all celebrating. This is going on for like an hour. And then I see you. You're not in the clubhouse. You're away from the clubhouse. You're kind of like looking and letting everybody enjoy it. You, you let them celebrate it because you realized what? Why were you not a part of that like they were? You were letting them celebrate together. Because I think those guys to start to celebrate together because there's the one to win it for us. There's the one was day in and day out for, for our ball club. From the first day in spring training all the way to that moment, uh, a, lot, a lot of people thought I'm gonna be in the middle of the thing and you know, try to be, you know, I, I know White Sox. Most of, most of those guys, they're not, was a White Sox. They came here for a couple of weeks and come back and leave. And, but I think it was, it was nice to see them celebrate something they worked so hard to do. Yeah. And be part of that, I think, I was part of that in, in, in one way. But when you, when you see that, it's like a, watching your kid graduated from college. You know what I mean? He did it. And you feel proud and you feel uh, good about it. But you can pay for that. You can pay to make those guys celebrate and, and, and deal with. Uh, and I, I think I just, my responsibility was to see them, to, 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 to celebrate. See and them celebrate, let them have their... That, I, I did it in the World Series too. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, I stay away from all those celebrations. Uh, maybe I, I regret it. And you know, Bobby Carr told me, you will regret it, you're not celebrating anything. I, in my mind was, it was Jerry Payme and Kenny Payme to win. Why I gotta celebrate about it? And I was wrong, you know what I mean, because you never know when the celebration coming back in an opportunity in life. But I'm, I'm happy, I don't regret anything. I think I did what I was supposed to do. I did it, 
I don't want to be part of the celebration. I was proud because I, I was in the White Sox before and my heart is always there. But the only thing I feel proud just to be part of that, yeah. part of that great celebration. Does that championship seem like it was a lifetime ago or does it seem like it was yesterday? To me? Yeah. Oh my God, to me it was a lifetime ago. You know what I mean? To me, it's all, I always be noticed about the only Latino ever win the championship ever, the first one ever. Uh, but I was, I don't know how to put it because if I know what's part of that, wow, I will be very disappointed and very because God gave me the opportunity, you know, besides Jerry and Kenny gave me the opportunity to be part of that, that moment. It was great. But in, besides that, it felt like a like little while, but you know, everywhere you work in my house, it's something about White Sox. People think I don't have anything to do with White Sox. You work in my house in Caracas, we got a room. We always going to be part of the White Sox. Yeah, we we're sitting to... right here. There's a, a photo album yes. from the 2005 World Series. Are these, are these real signatures? Yes, yes. Actual signatures from players that you that played on that team yes. that signed the book. But you know I me, mean? I think uh, it's one thing about it. Uh, I don't live with that. I, I love the celebration. I love to be part of that. I love to be the first Latino manager, you know I me, mean, when they remind me. But if you don't remind me, you know, I go to Mexico and say, oh, the only Latino win the World Series. Oh, well, you know, oh, oh, wow, thank you. But I'm not that type of person. Yeah. I'm not that type of person live for the rest of his life with that. I think I, I, I still have something to prove, something to show people. It's not there yet. Hopefully it happen pretty soon. But one of the reasons I live in Chicago, you no, know, because I, just, I love Chicago. I feel part of Chicago. I, I, every time I make a comment, people are like, okay, Oprah was in Chicago. She don't live here. Michael, part of Chicago, he don't live here. All those big boys, they not live in Chicago. I am, because I'm stupid enough to deal with the weather. <laughs> well, <laughs> you weren't here this winter. But I had to work. <laughs> I had to work. The reason was I was in work, but it just people ask me, like, why you? Uh, yesterday I was coming from, from, from out of the country. And I said, what are you doing out of the country? I said, well, I hate winter. I said, well, you should, you should go to California or Florida. I said, well, I hate both. I don't like either one. It's cheaper in Venezuela. But uh, I feel part of Chicago. I feel, I feel like I'm going to die here. And, and you are in the house. And, you know what I mean? I'm going to live for the rest of my life. Has every story been told about the 2005 season? Is there one that you can share with us that hasn't been told? Wow, so, well, I can tell you a very good one. Uh, first day of the, of the of spring training, I see this kid throwing, and he just fat, he can be, out of shape, and Don Cooper called me, and I see behind the golf cart watching this kid throw, he go, wow. You know, first day of spring training, you see Burley throw, you're like, oh my God, and, and Freddie Garcia throwing stuff out there, like, hopefully get, get to the plate. You know, first day, all of a sudden, this kid just brings his own gas, Bobby Jenks. I said, who the hell is that? And we called Kenny. Kenny come meet us, and then we sit behind, and he, they told me they have it for another ball club. This kid, kid got good arm. This kid, I need to talk to him about how much we like him here. You know, Kenny give me the explanation and, and, and cook, me and cook, to see who this kid was. Then I, was, I went to, to talk to this kid to say, hey, you know what? Did you do anything they told you to do in the minor leagues? Because you got a, a very, diff, a very tough background yes. with the organization in camp. 
you got some problem with the with Orange. The Angels. Yes. Yeah. Then I say, I promise you, you're going to be in the big league. I was lying my tail back off, like, oh, God, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, University of this guy. Why again. are you telling this kid this? is <laughs> six, nine, ten hundred pounds. He might kill me with next spring training. Then we got, we got a closer. Then we got a chingo. Then, you know, stuff will not come out. And this kid, for great reason, he was outstanding in the minor league. I'm not saying just because I say that. It's just because I think he's like, wow, I have a chance in the big league. And he did. And look at what he did for us, Bobby Jenks. You know, I mean, just uh, something. I was making fun of this guy, like, oh, excuse me, what this guy doing here? And, but I, I was, you know, it's one the move can he make and nobody put attention to it to the day he went to the World Series and saved those games because besides that, nobody know who it was. And one thing about it, when, when he left the White Sox and when I wasn't with White Sox anymore, I told my kids, this kid's gone. This kid's gone. Gone. This, he cannot, and nobody got to understand him the way we did. I'm not going to say the way I did. They say the day we did, we talked to him the right way, the wrong way. And this kid was great for us through that moment, through the, his career. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, when he left, I'm saying everything went south. But I, deep inside, I know that's going to happen. He needed to be in the right environment, understood by the right people. Uh, the right things had to be said to him. You guys gave him. We did. We did. That you know, wrong way, right way, different yeah. ways, but uh, we did. And, uh, you know, I mean, I feel proud of him because I just talked to him. Uh, last year, and I feel proud of him what he did. Uh, you guys don't I, win the World Series without him, probably. I don't think so. I don't think so because we need a closer there. Because Bobby, Bobby, be honest with you, Bobby could, could be a star. He got good fastball, good change, good slider, and good curveball. That's all you need. And this kid, this kid got an unbelievable, unbelievable arm, and, and you know, I mean, great stuff. I want to talk about your playing career, and t today, nowadays. Guys strike out all the time. If you strike out under 80 times, they'll throw a parade for you, okay? I got your numbers here. You never struck out more than 52 times in a season. 1995, you struck out 25 times the whole year. 1996, you struck out 27 times. 1997, you struck out 24 times. <laughs> you made me, made me laugh. I don't walk either. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't walk. Actually, I wrote down here. He also no walks and no power, but no, you didn't strike out. No, it's a funny thing about... The way I look at it in the game, I, I like players like me. A lot of people say, wow, if I have seven players like us, we we okay. I say, no, we don't. We, we're not, but we're not going to have power. We're not. But one thing about, I couldn't strike out because every time I swing, thanks to Walter Riniak, I put the ball in play. I swing the first pitch. I'm going to put the ball in play. I swing the, I can get the pitcher seven pitches. Is I going to swing the eight. I'm going to put it in play. That's good excuse, but that's what it was. Yeah. Besides that, I was batting night. You walked me to face Frank, Robin, you know I me, mean, Harold. You know when they walk me or, or, you know, Bell. You know, so many good players behind me, around me, my Johnson. You know when they want me to face those guys. They say, okay, here, I lead the league, hit a ground ball to some place. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my favorite moment of your playing career. It was August 10th, 1990. It's at Comiskey Park. The pitcher was Nolan Ryan. Well, I hit a home run, no? Okay. The only so hit not only gun. did you hit a home run, so you and Craig Graybeck, the little hurt, had not hit a home run all season. And you guys went back to back hitting home runs off of Nolan Ryan. What, what people always remember the bad stuff. 
bad stuff. That's well, amazing. I stuff. got five hits in Yankee Stadium. Nobody say anything. No, it's amazing thing because not too many people can go deep against Nolan. Yeah. And well, Nolan, you know, to me, he don't want to waste any pitch against us. He throw fastball, home run, fastball, home run. Okay, give me the ball. And I knew, or we knew after that, somebody got to get hit. And that's why, that's the next day we face Nolan in, in Texas. Texas. They asked me, like, he got to hit you. I said, nah, I don't think Nolan is too smart. He not got to hit a 220 hitter. Because Gravy, he wasn't player, playing. And they say, then he got Robin. That's when everything started. That, yeah. Nobody even know that, but it's true. That's why he hit Robin? Because of that game? I think so. He just wanted, he just wanted to make sure, let people know I'm not yes. a Ryan. Right. All right. I, so I'm, I'm throwing this at you. I had a chance to look this up. So um, you guys had that game. You hit back-to-back home runs against him. He gave up like five home runs. A week later, you played him again. This is what he did. Ten innings, three hits, no runs, no walks, 15 strikeouts. He was 43 years old. How many, how many hits did he have? He gave up three hits in 10 innings. Yeah, I, I remember one hit was, you know, one day we faced Nolan. And you got one of the hits. And, and, and he checked swing. And he's a fall right behind Rafael Palmeiro. That's the only hit we got. You know, Nolan was amazing. It was, you always got to go to the plate, intimidate, but going to hit you. Yeah. But he never did. Never he didn't, did. He didn't imitate you? No, or, no. I mean, uh, Roger Clement tried to intimidate me, but... I was the, 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 okay, where is Ozzy? We're going to get him out. I think I was the easier out on the team. I don't think they want to waste any time with me. But I, I, I think I know he great against Nolan. I think I feel comfortable with Nolan. Nolan going to give me a fastball 100 miles per hour. But give me when, when nobody throwing more than 95, now you can go to Dominican Republic, open a beer, and you come a kid throw 98. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's normal now. And then you throw more than 94, you was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Sammy Sosa was on that team. You've known him for a long time. What's going on with Sammy? Have you seen these pictures of him? You know, just be honest. Just be honest. I love Sammy. I think Sammy did some more great thing for this town. And I feel kind of weird about it because the reason they did it, I don't know. And I don't care. But people had to, to know the cops. The people know who the coach was because Sammy put back in the map. Uh, and uh, all the sons, Sammy, everybody turned their back on it. Whatever they did or don't, it's still in the air. If, I think, we think, he did it. He's not, you know what I mean? Whatever it was, I think Sammy deserved a lot better. No, with the cops, and I respect the cops. I'm just saying he's a fan. I think for the city of Chicago. City of Chicago, when, when Sammy was Sammy, that race with Maguire, that's people notice what Chicago yeah. was. With, oh, Chicago, oh, was Sammy Sosa play? Or Michael Jordan? Oh, okay, they don't say anything out. They don't say Rizzo or that guy or Samber. They say, oh, you from Chicago? Oh, you, you know Sammy? Or you know Michael? You know what I mean? That, that's what Sammy Sosa was then. But the color, I'm tired. I, I think it went to the same, used the same product Michael did, Michael Jackson did. It's funny because I work with him, and you know we do ESPN Deportes. We talk about him, and he, when, when you're lying, that's why people don't get it. I said, listen, I want to, I want to change my color. Why not? You got the money, you got the time, you got that's that's what you want to be. But I hate when he say, 
Well, I was different color because it was too much sun when I was playing, okay? And I say, you live in Miami? You grew up in Dominica? It, to me, I just laugh. Sammy he, he is a unique person. I don't know Sammy that well, like people think I know, but you talk to Sammy. Sammy, he had third grade, maybe. He went yeah. to like the third grade, basically. No, all the song, he talked to you like a, like, like he's Obama want to be. Oh, wow, do you know? <laughs> Sammy, I know you, you, you can't even write. <laughs> but Sammy is Sammy. And Sammy brings so many good things for baseball. And we kick his butt out of baseball with no reason. That, that, I know. Well, I think it. he needs to come forward. It doesn't seem like he's telling the truth. And I think that's part of why Chicago and Cubs fans have just kind of pushed him. No, I don't know about that. I think that's the, the, the problem happened to Sammy when he left the clubhouse, I think, in Dusty Baker. Well, was that's the another part, yeah. Okay, who made the most of Who made that happen? Yeah. Who made it? They not did it just because stupid. They let him do it. Right, right. They, that's they, true. they built they build the monster of the song. Wow, well, we got to stop that. But why? Because you make that mistake because somebody else fall. You've been treated in the town. You get the best. I'm not defending Sammy for no reason, but I don't know him. And I don't know the Cubs that well. I respect both sides. Right. I respect for good both sides. But I feel, I feel weird because I know how people feel. I feel... You know, sometimes I love to go to the ballpark, to, to the White Sox park. I love to go there. But in the meanwhile, fans, media approach me, and I think I put Jerry, Kenny, myself, they ask me question, why you're not here, why you not And, and that's the reason I, I avoid to go to the park. You're not going to go to the park now? Oh, yeah, I go now more than I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because... You don't want to be a distraction? Yes. You know, first of all, one of my best friends was a manager, Robin Ventura. Every time I go there, oh, when you want magic. And I hate to get into the conversation when those guys here. That's why I respect the White Sox. I don't want to be the distraction for them. It's right. something I go to the ballpark, be like, okay, us is coming, couple questions, boom. But I think I do now because I don't grow up. I just old. <laughs> you haven't learned anything. You just I don't learn anything. I just got old, and I got a different answer for everything, and different way to look at life. And uh, right now, it's like I do care, but I don't. Just like okay, whatever happens, good. Whatever happens, good. And, Are you and talking that, about your managing future? You don't everywhere. No, managing future. I don't, only God knows the future. I don't know yeah. the future. But uh, but I people ask me, like, you want to manage again? I say yes because I'm not better than anyone. But it just, it just, it just it's, I know be out of the game for so long. Now I know how things go, you know, how things work. You, you know? know how things work. Yes, because in, in the middle, you know, I mean, before they give me opportunity, I was, I'll have a I have success for so many years as a manager. Thank you to Jerry and Kenny to make me put me a team to have success. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I'm out of baseball now. You figure out like, you want to go in and you want to stay out, you want to stay away. But you cannot live with them without them. And that's why I keep myself busy. I go, I go to Venezuela managing, I go to Mexico, try to, 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 to go to spring training. To stay, that, that little thing I have still love baseball, is still there with me. And well, it's kind of hard. And I think, I think Sammy feels the same way. Sometimes I, I think, I don't know. Because you feel the same way, say, man, I do so much stuff for this organization. Why? What is this? What is that? 
But I think if you feel that way when we in Chicago, we in Chicago don't treat him the way he should be treated. No, yeah. maybe not the cops, maybe the city. If Sammy used whatever, use cork. That's the only thing we can say, yes, he did, because he got caught. He used cork, yeah. Yes, but how many people use cork in baseball? Few? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we assume he used all the thing. But it's a lot of people use that, and you say, I'm sorry, apologize. And we say, okay. Well, he hasn't apologized. Well, he hasn't, but he's not he no get cut yet. We assume. Well, There's two players we assume, Barry yes. and Sammy. Right. The rest of the players, yes, I did. I'm sorry. What are excuses? At this point, if, if he didn't do it, he should just say he did it. <laughs> I think that would make things better. Well, it's a few players out there that yeah. did it now they're heroes. They are the baseball now they're heroes. Yeah. I don't want to say names. Oh my God, that we used to be hating, now we love them. So, well, people forgot about this, people forgot about that, people forgot about this. And to me, it's worse because uh, it's one thing I always tell myself, uh, you know, you see around and say, what I did wrong. You ask yourself that. Yes, what I did wrong, I said, nothing. Just to be honest, I know I never beat my wife. I never get caught doing stuff. I never have a DUI. I never did anything wrong in life, just to be honest. Yeah. Do you wish things ended better with the White Sox? No, that's the way you should. I, I wish I was there for life. I'd say what, it was a player. Well, when I was a player, I want to be in my career here. Yeah. I did it. They, they give me opportunity to who, be who I am because them. And a lot of people say, you got, you're bitter by the White Sox. No, they give me the best opportunity in my life. I take advantage. I did what I supposed to do. If, if if I was this age now, I might handle it different, or they might handle it different. But that's that's the way it was, and and, and I talk to I talk to Kenny all the time, not every day, but yeah. but it's not 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 really. I just I want to be part of them more, and I will be. Maybe because one of the reasons, maybe because I want to stay from from baseball for a little while out of baseball. Maybe this year, just to come. I want to feel more comfortable going for. Uh, I wish I, I like to go to spring training with them. That's the first time I'm going to say that. Just because I see anybody, everybody in baseball, they bring former players to the field. But the problem is, is I go there, there you go. Why, yeah, why you are a celebrity going here? You're not this or you know that. You know this thing. I don't want to put them answering stupid questions. Yeah, you want to, You don't want to be a distraction to what Ricky Renteria is I don't. Doing. I never will be. Yeah. And it will be because uh, people, or there's some people think the wrong way or yeah. they start something different. Uh, people, people say in Venezuela, I manage in Venezuela because that got a bridge to manage in, in the big league. I say, okay, who GM got to come to Venezuela and watch me manage? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> stupid. Do you know me? I manage in Venezuela because I want to. That's the thing I grew up with. I'm in my, with my family. I'm with the thing I love. And, and, and you know me, it just, and some people think, oh no, he's just managing here because I never see a one GM or assistant GM or super scout or anything in Venezuela <laughs> just to see anything. Then it's depend, it's not the, it's not the message, it's the messenger. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something I try to stay away from. Well, does your personality fit in today's game? It seems like a lot of GMs and I give Kenny Williams a lot of credit because he went against the grain to hire you. A lot of GMs today want yes men. 
men who are going to just basically answer to what the general manager wants. You, not saying you would go against that, but you have your own opinion. You have a strong opinion, and that worked with the White Sox. Do you think more, or sorry, less GMs, less teams would be willing to hire you because of who you are? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I learned again from broadcasting, from being a media size, how things work. Mm-hmm. What is work or what's not working. Um, just because that happened 10 years ago, I said, hell no. Because I could understand their point. Now that you put those two points together, you can see something better off. Yeah. But 10 years ago, five years ago, what? I, but that's not my fault. That's Kenny's fault. And Jerry, old school, Gene Leland, uh, Bruce Bochy, uh, Dusty Baker. You know, I mean, the people grow it. That's the way Bobby Cox. Now the thing, the game changed. You got to get with the game. Yeah. And ask for people's opinions or not, because the opinion. I never say no. That's the way we're going to do it because I'm the manager. I never did. If I disagree, I say, well, I don't know about this, and I will tell you what I think. I might be wrong, and you might be wrong. And uh, in the end of the day, we fix it together and put it back. A lot of people say we fight with Kenny every other day. I fight with Kenny every second, but a good fight. Right, right. But a respect know, fight. That's that's one thing. Why you think about this? Why you think about that? And that was two brilliant men talking about baseball. But they grew up in the old school. They grew up in a different way to look at baseball. You know, Jerry grew up with Tony La Russa, his favorite. Uh, Gene Lillard, you know, when you grow up with those guys, Tony Lasorda, you know. But you, now it's different. Are, now it's different. Now yeah. baseball is different. And, and, and you got to get used to it. You got to get used to it. And, 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 you know, I made a comment last year about, uh, I don't know what they call it, the check in the books, uh, reference or whatever. I said, well, you have to be prepared before the game mm-hmm. and know how to read anything during the game. Yeah. And I was broadcasting last year series, I say, Houston going to win because they, they have more talent and they're younger. And, and I explain why. Because they asked me about seven metric. I said, seven metric has been there forever. Now they use it because it's a different life, different, you know, I mean, before we got a coach, Gene Leland telling you, hey, this guy got hit, you got it right, you got to see, you know, straight up. Mm-hmm. Now they have a book, here it is, read it. And, and, and because now it's better. But when the game starts, it's a little bit different. A little bit different. And you know why? Because you got to manage it with your gut. You do the see things change the lineups all of a sudden in the fifth inning. What is this? Oh, the computer got you. And, and, and you got to tell me, Houston, a lot of respect for Houston because they have the talent. Hinch is just unbelievable manager. When you win, you think you, you, know, you are the best manager in the game. But... Artuve win the MVP, swinging every pitch they throw into him. Yeah, he went anti-sabermetrics. Everyone. You talk about the Cuban kid. Uh, Correa? No, they oh, said oh, the, Cuban. Uh, the Cuban kid, the first baseman. Gregorio. G- <laughs> he don't know what the sabermetrics are. And, and, and the, the, the Correa, he got a, they got a swing. They got a hit. They got a, it's nobody in the lineup what about the sabermetrics. I don't care what they say. Nobody, yeah. because I talk to them. Say, what do you think about this pitch? What? I just go to see fastball and swing it. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. And they just won the World Series. That's it. And then yeah. the seven metrics is always there. 
easy example. I work in TV now. I can. I say, if you got Pablo Zuna on the bench and Mariano Rivera come to pitch, and Mariano Rivera and Gene Thomas the hitter, and Gene Thomas all for eight with seven strikeouts against Mariano Rivera. It's just an example, guys. It's not. I make this thing up. And get on the line. You call timeout. You take Gene Tommy out because Osuna is better hit against Mariano Rivera. You take it? No. No, I'm going to play Tommy. Thank you. And that's a seven metric? No. Yeah. It's the same way, opposite. Is some guy going to hit Mariano is a pitcher? It's opposite. You're going to take Mariano out and bring the lefty to face Gene Tommy because it's 10 for 10 with 10 home runs? No. Then, come on. Yeah. That's a seven metric? No. The game will dictate you what to do. The same metric is always been there. Always. Yeah. A different way. Let me ask you this. So I'm surprised. If you would have told me five years ago that you wouldn't have another managing job, I would have been surprised in the major leagues. Has any team interviewed you for a managing job since no. 2012? No team. Well, a couple try to not any me to say we can talk to you about it. And I know I'm not going to be the managing that team. Then when you look at the managing, managing list, you go to interview me. And you have a kid, 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 Ozzy. What's the ads? I got to manage that team. None. Then thank you for, for you for thinking about me. And, you know, it's cool. They asked me about coaching, yes. Yes. But uh, I don't think I'm ready to coach yet. I will be. You don't think you're ready to coach? I had a good job. I got a good job. And I think I give baseball a lot. And not because I'm better than any coach in the big league, I'm not. But I, I'm not ready to coach yet. And when you say coach, you're saying being time. Okay. Time, most, most, not money. Time. It's a lot of timing out there. Nobody really appreciate that. Yeah. Now, when you say coach, you're saying like a third base coach, bench third coach? coach, bench coach. Okay. If I'm a coach in 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 in, in baseball, I'd rather be a third base coach, a bench coach. Why is that? You, I think you, you're more in the game. Yeah, yeah. You're more in the game. You, you know, uh, when you're a bench coach, it's a big help for the manager, but you're just there. Right. But when you're a third bench coach, I feel like you are part of the game, part of the action. You, you, you make a mistake. People know you're going to make a mistake. Yes. People will criticize you. I like that. I like, I like that challenge. I like yeah. that challenge. And, and uh, you know, why not? I'm not, I'm not doing it. We just, uh, it just... You talk to my wife about it. I don't know about that, but you know, it's a lot of time you put up to life. Yeah, but now, so, but no teams have teams have contacted you, but you just no, knew that. I don't know everyone, but a few things. But I, I just I know it's not, I'm not going to be the guy because the list. Yeah. You know, before they go to interview to a managing job, two, three guys, four guys. Top now they got thirty. You know I mean, it's, it, I think right now it's, it's harder to manage it than win the World Series. Because so many, so many, so many interviews. Some people, you know, me. I think, I think, uh, I think my times will come up. Maybe it's not. You always think about Jack McKeon. Jack McKeon was out of baseball for thirty years. All of a sudden, come out and win the World Series. That could be you. I hope I not die before that. Yeah, Jack was seventy plus when he managing. But uh, we we'll see, we we'll see what. So there's part one of my conversation with Ozzy Guillen. Hopefully, one day he's back managing in the major leagues. It is where he belongs in a dugout as a manager. I would love to see it. So coming up Monday, it's part two of our conversation. And I'll just say this one gets real.
things get pretty real in this one. Uh, we talk about the White Sox-Cubs rivalry and what he would like to see happen in this rivalry. Uh, this might make some news. Uh, he tells amazing stories about Lou Pinella and Bartolo Colon. It has a little shot for Bill Melton and kind of rips on me too. So you definitely do not want to miss that coming up on Monday. So this was the White Sox Talk podcast, episode 100, brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox check-in with free ATMs nationwide. Go to their special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.